I would just say do it. I think a lot of people get scared to just take that first step, but once you get past that, like that fear initially, I would just go for it. There's no better teacher than other people and the world is, is your classroom, right? Welcome to Raw and Real. I'm Megan Casey Loftus. And I'm Samantha Jenkins. Working in the fashion industry can often seem materialistic and shallow. On Raw and Real, we shut down those stereotypes and dive into the discussion surrounding job opportunities, both creative and business within the fashion world. There are so many unknown aspects to the fashion industry and the entrepreneurial world that we will uncover through interviewing fashion industry leaders, serial entrepreneurs, and girls just like us. Welcome back to Raw and Real. And if you're new here, hi, I'm Megan, and thanks for listening. Today, my co-host Samantha and I interview Sarah Little, author, activist, journalist, social entrepreneur, model, and student. At the young age of 24, Sarah has spent time in 40 countries and lived in the Middle East, Europe, North, and Central America. After being introduced to Sarah through mutual friends, I was initially drawn to her because of her career in modeling and the time that she spent studying at Columbia in Chicago, but I soon learned there was more to her story which, by the way, is the name of the platform Sarah has built that gives space for marginalized young women and girls to tell their stories. She is an incredibly kind, hardworking, empathetic, artistic young woman. If you want to hear more about breaking down the barriers in the modeling industry and how Sarah has been busy building cross-cultural bridges from New York City to Jordan, Kenya, and across Europe, then just keep listening. So we want to start off as you are a true New York City girl with what your favorite things to do are on the weekends. Well, right now, I don't feel like I'd be giving a, a proper answer, but I guess pre-COVID, just going out with friends and maybe like hitting some comedy shows. And I used to live like right next to a movie theater. So I'd always like go and see matinees and random films that were happening. Yeah, now um, Sarah lives yeah. in Soho. yeah. Woo! Oh my god, we're in Soho. I live on Spring and Sullivan. Oh, literally so right jealous. by Mark's office. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the best location. I really miss going to movie theaters too. Honestly, like I didn't realize how much I liked going to the movies <laughs> until one of mine and Sam's first friendship dates was seeing the Joker movie. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. Totally I've never seen that. We walked out like sad basically because <laughs> it was why it was emotional it was very emotional really? we were like what did we get ourselves into on yeah. a friday night but it was Damn. fun sarah and i aside from comedy and going out in the usual our first coffee date a bird pooped on my fendi it's a, it was a sign <laughs> isn't that luck. isn't yeah. that good luck well yes. if it poops on your head that's good luck too right or on your fendi as you'll see on our instagram sarah has the most luscious hair and we like to do some favorites on this show. So tell us what your favorite hair care products are. I have never considered myself uh, an owner of luscious hair until now. So thank you. I would say that Kerastase, I did their campaign last summer. And they gave me like a bunch of like hair care products. And yeah, I've just been like using a ton of Kerastase since then. It's been great. I have heard that brand is great. Yeah, same. Yeah. And that's yeah. cool you did the campaign. Oh, thanks. We'll have to get into that <laughs> I later. Know, well. So let's go back to your earlier college days. Where did you study and what are you doing now? So I studied at um, Columbia College in Chicago uh, for the first two years. I studied documentary filmmaking 
and I was modeling between Chicago and New York. And, and now I'm finishing my studies in journalism at the new school in New York. Can you talk a little bit about Columbia and the differences between living in Chicago versus being in New York? Yeah, wow, Chicago. What a great city, man. Have you ever been there? It's so... I'm from there, born and raised. Oh my God, duh, I knew that. I... <laughs> I've never been. I feel like Chicago, like the people are just, just friendlier. Like, they're just nice. I mean, that's just, like, a stereotypical thing that Midwest people are friendlier than Northeast people. But I felt like I grew up so much when I lived in Chicago. Like, it expedited my growth. And, like, that's where I really got into fashion. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about how you got into your modeling career? If we're going back to, like, the very beginning, <laughs> um, a friend of mine who is a makeup artist who works uh, the New York Fashion Week shows, she, like, put me up for... I wasn't signed at this point. She put me up for... Uh, show in your fashion week when I was 18 and I was like okay this is really cool so I went to New York and I it ended up being like a pretty cool show then I moved to Chicago shortly after um, and I got scouted there by by elite or they were called factor I was signed with them for about eight nine months and it was like not the best time of my life <laughs> not because of them specifically as an agency but just because of like everything that came along with it you know the the image the like insatiable desire for success and like what surrounds the modeling industry oftentimes the superficiality of it all I enjoyed like I enjoy modeling and I always have but um they kept like wanting me to lose more weight and I was never like gonna be at the perfect like 24 23 inch waist which is like unattainable by realistic standards anyway. You were super young and impressionable, I feel like, at that point in your life too. I felt like I wasn't. Um, I felt like I was mature enough to like be able to make those decisions about myself. That speaks volumes, I feel though, about you as a person, because not every girl that enters the modeling industry could recognize that. And I mean, you can talk about how eventually you were like, this maybe isn't exactly for me, or at least the way that 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 world was treating you but I feel like especially so many girls enter the modeling world like at such a young age and so your brain's not like fully developed and I just feel like it's so easy to get caught up in that lifestyle of like needing to lose weight and all of you know all of the standards that just like aren't realistic like what you were saying so yeah and um, Megan and I talked about that the first time we hung out just like how they so many agencies sign models and girls at like I don't know 13 14 and a lot of them are like not even from like they don't even speak English and so they don't really know what they're getting into they're just being told all of these things and it it can be really dangerous and detrimental I think for for young girls being in that in that world did it feel lonely like did you make good connections and friendships with other people or did it feel like you were kind of solo in that scene solo do you guys know that song <laughs> yeah um, little Frank Ocean. yeah it could feel lonely times because like I was in my head a lot, but at the same time, I think one of the, the great benefits of the industry and, and fashion and modeling is like you do meet so many creative people um, and you are surrounded by interesting people most of the time. What moved you from Chicago back to New York? Well, after two years in Chicago and um, I just kind of, I needed a, a mental break from the industry, from like the path that I was on and I felt like 
God was calling me like somewhere else to pursue a different path. And I ended up taking a gap year from school and moving to London um, to volunteer with a refugee organization at that point when I moved to London. It was the fall of 2017. And um, I don't know if you guys follow very closely like the news during that time when it was uh, one of the heights of like the Syrian war. And so just the images that we were seeing on the news were pretty much like of refugees and people like dying and and fleeing and starving and all that. And I just kind of wanted to hear their stories like from uh, like the, the young women specifically who had like fled war. And so I went to Jordan and started interviewing refugee girls and women about their stories. And that kind of evolved and developed into a larger project. And I ended up traveling to Kenya and Belgium and Greece with the UN Refugee Agency and some other organizations as well. And I am in the process of, of writing a book about those experiences. And I also created like a platform for girls to, to express themselves. But that was like during those two years. And then I decided to go back to school and finish school. In those two years, like when you move London, is scary like to pick up and move your life there sure intimidating but how like I couldn't I have so much respect for you for going to Jordan probably not knowing anyone there right yeah it was definitely intimidating and I didn't know anybody and um, I also felt like very naive you know like I never really interviewed anyone in my life and <laughs> So did you, I'm like picturing you going to Jordan with like one of those old school like recording tapes and like walking up to women on the street and talking yeah. to them. Can you walk us through what that looked like? Like yeah. what did the day look like being a journalist there? And like, were they open to you interviewing mm. them? I feel like a lot of people would be closed off. At least or you nervous know, to or say nervous. anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the big advantages uh, was that I was 20 years old at the time and I was really just wanting to befriend these girls. And I, I didn't feel like a journalist, like flying into a country, getting a story and flying out. Like I felt like I was really there developing friendships and building trust with these girls. And obviously the, the traumas that they've been through, like I, you know, I can't connect with them on that level, but I can be there and listen their stories um and so i i would go in the mornings to zatari camp which at its peak housed 150,000 refugees from syria um and when i was there it was like 80,000 and i went i spent the day there just you know meeting girls and really building those connections and then i would come back at night and i would like have my my life there so this initially launched the project more to her story Mm -hmm. Can you give your 30-second elevator pitch about More to Her Story? Yeah, so More to Her Story is an online digital platform and podcast and nonprofit that uh, elevates the stories and amplifies the voices of young women and girls uh, around the world, marginalized people who have been affected by war and conflict and displacement. How do you balance being in two kind of passion projects or careers of activism and what's thought of as like the superficial job? That's the million dollar question. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, um, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's like, I don't, there was a point in my life when I first started out modeling, when I like, that's, that was my identity, like that how other people viewed me. And that's, and when other people view it, view you as something and put you in a box, like that's how you eventually come to be yourself. And so that's how I, like identified for a long time and even now like I still model but it's this like interesting dichotomy of 
like you said, a superficial industry in many ways. And this. so it's something that I'm like continually having to balance and realign with. So like, what does your day-to-day look like now balancing work and school? So I'm finishing my undergrad right now at the new school and I have a, like several different side projects going on. So that's kind of like what takes up the majority of my time is just working on more to her story. And like Sarah said, she launched her own podcast too for more to her story. So you guys have to go check it out. We'll link it in our podcast notes too. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone who's thinking about living abroad or just even wanting to travel abroad? Obviously right now I know times are harder to do that, but just in terms of networking and meeting people. I would just say do it. I think a lot of people get scared to just take that first step, but once you get past that, like that fear initially, I would just go for it. There's no better teacher than other people and the world is is your classroom right yeah what's one of the biggest things you've learned about yourself from living abroad and kind of just like going out of your comfort zone that everybody has a story (laughs) that we don't know until we ask and that's what launched more to her story yeah (laughs) i get it now (laughs) makes sense that's so good on raw and real we like to give a very accurate representation of life. And even though social media and at times even listening to podcasts, you hear all of the highs in people's lives, we like to take it back to the most raw and real moments in your career or pivotal times in school thus far. Do you have either a high and low that you can share with the audience where like you've learned something from it? I have tons of highs and lows. I feel like One of the biggest lows would probably be when I was in Chicago and I was like at my breaking point in the modeling industry and my dad came to visit me one weekend and was just like, what are you doing with your life? Like, you're so unhappy and this isn't like what you want. So why are you doing it? And that was the catalyst for like me doing what I'm doing now. So while it was a low at the time, it translated into a high. And then what's a a high? that you've like realized your calling and like a moment? Is there a specific time? Yeah, I mean, I think when I was in in Jordan, there were plenty of conversations I had with girls that really just compelled me to become a feminist and someone who really, like I just realized that this is what I wanna do in my life. Like this is, it does feel like a calling as cliche as that sounds. Yeah, I think I definitely realized that throughout the conversations. And I think what you said earlier in our conversation about how when you were modeling in Chicago and you just felt like God was calling you to do something bigger, can you talk about how your faith has kind of like led you down this path as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, my faith is is everything to me. And I feel like, I mean, I don't really know what you guys believe or um, what your listeners believe. I assume it's an array of things. But for me, it's God is is bigger than what we often like to you know we like to put him in a box or him it's even funny like we put pronouns on God right like (laughs) but he's so big and um he encompasses everything and so it's like when I'm going out in the world and I'm I'm doing what I do like I just the catalyst for that is is the love that I know Jesus has for for me and for the people that I'm speaking with I love that and I think especially now, like at this point in our lives and we're younger and still trying to figure out like what it is that we're passionate about. There was a time in my life too, where I felt like is what I'm doing for the greater good of like other people. And there was like a 
point in my life last year where I was just like, I want to do something that makes a positive impact in the world. I think it's important that everyone finds like that thing that helps them be more passionate about life. Makes them tick. Yeah. I heard a really good quote this week by on a different podcast that I listened to, and she was kind of talking about how a lot of her listeners are in like their early 20s and feel like they're in this job that like they don't love or can't get out of because it's a pandemic or what have you. And she basically said like, your calling in this on this planet is to show up as the best version of yourself every single day and to bring value to whatever it is you do. Mm. So even if you don't think like your job is bringing value to the world, if you're bringing value to the people around you at your job, then you're doing your like what you're supposed to be doing in this moment. Yeah. I just really loved that. And I think that we, as all young 20-year-old women, get caught up in this, like, I have this huge calling. And it's great that your passion project is such an impactful thing. But at the end of the day, like, showing up for yourself and the people around you in New York or where have you is so important. Yeah. And being nice to people goes so far complimenting someone or being like like when you said you like our outfits we're like okay um we're in sweatshirts but thank you but hey, we know her favorite ex- yeah her exactly favorite <laughs> item is hoodies yeah yeah true or like opening the door for someone I got coffee this morning and I was like how are you doing and he seemed like taken aback by it but he was like oh I'm good like thanks for asking and I'm like yeah of course I don't know just showing up as you said Megan so many young women are you know, chasing their own successes and their own jobs, and they feel like they have to have it all figured out right now. But even if you're not making, you know, an impact by the world standards, like on a large scale, doesn't mean that you're not making an impact to Sammy's point on a small scale. What's one piece of advice that you would give a young woman entering the modeling industry? Stay true to yourself. Don't let other people dictate your values don't compromise your own morals for someone else's idea of success because people will constantly be trying to pull you in different directions and tell you this is what this is what success means this is what you have to do in order to be successful but if that compromises who you are your own character your own integrity your own values then don't do it this is a loaded question but where do you see yourself five years from now probably living in the middle east somewhere doing journalism hopefully still working on more to her story and amplifying the voices and stories of girls that's awesome okay plug yourself plug more to her story yeah i just want all of you guys to follow me on instagram uh sir riddles that's really why she did this (laughs) that's s-a-r-i-t-t-l-e-z and yeah that's i actually don't have any other socials and more to her story you can find the podcast on spotify and apple music It's just called More to Her Story, the podcast. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. To keep up with what's happening on our podcast, follow Raw and Real NYC on Instagram. We post inspo and love showing you what's going on in our lives. Till next time, keep it real.